edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that left early on Saturday to beat the traffic. Did we miss much? Uh, I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, that's all, folks. Bees stung in the canos. And have you got your job interview yet? We will work through all that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are Norwich number one chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. We also have former Norwich City head of content and program editor. He'd have been having a busy time if he was still in his job now. Mr. Daniel Brigham. Hi, Michael. And I am delighted to say, making his on-the-ball debut, my old mustard TV mucker and big Norwich City fan, Ryan Livermore. Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. And you've passed the first test by saying hello at the right moment. So that is wonderful. Thanks for joining (laughs) us all, guys. Uh, Much appreciated. Um, We'll get stuck into all the stuff in a bit, of course. But how are we first? Steve, how are you? I am very well, very excited uh, and pleased to be on this particular one. It feels like after, well, for two reasons, really. Obviously, we've got so much to discuss after weeks of quite thin gruel, really, where we've basically just been saying the same thing over and over. It feels like we can have something different to say. Uh, <laughs> they were great pods, by the well, way. Well, OK, I'll speak for myself there, if not anyone else. Uh, but also because I know you're, uh, you've been really busy and sleep deprived. Uh, because you've had so much to do this weekend and that normally results in a completely mad and slightly chaotic po- uh, pod so um that's nice. i'm hoping nice. for that this week as well. <laughs> this this was entirely the quickest amount of preparation i've ever done on the podcast and uh, i can assure <laughs> you that some of them have been pretty quick in the past so there we go uh daniel i'm calling you daniel tonight for no apparent reason how are you I'm good, Mike. I'm going to be calling you Mike for no apparent. Okay, I (laughs) apologise immediately. Uh, Did you have a nice restful weekend? Yep, uh, bouncing from the wind still. Are you? Uh, Is anyone bouncing from the wind? I I sort of forgot there was a win. Yeah, good point. (laughs) Well, you know, it's nice to mention that we did win at the weekend because I guess that's probably going to be submerged slightly by the other news that emerged on Saturday. Well, I've I've got that saved for part three. So, yeah, we'll talk about about a win at some point. (laughs) um ryan welcome hello there thank you for having me guys how how are you being how are you oh i'm i'm all over the place after this weekend i've (laughs) we've sort of been talking about this for weeks haven't we and i had all prepped what i was going to say deconstruct the performance and then half seven on saturday bam all out the window don't know what's going to happen tonight but let's just have fun yeah (laughs) oh i love him brilliant well said ryan um well i'll tell you what um Let's crack on. Now, before we do that, I, I will say, I, I'm obviously Norwich did win, so I am wearing my Craig Bellamy Simply the Vest. Um, I mean, that works on an audio podcast level, but those watching the live video will realise I am absolutely not wearing it. I can't find it. So um, we'll have to deal with that retrospectively, which is a shame, because now I am genuinely wondering where my Craig Bellamy Simply the Vest is. But, you know, at least I got to, um, you know, consider putting it on the uh, day. Um, after a win so that is good news uh, but we're not going to talk about a win straight off are we so let's talk uh, about a certain head coach in our headline act careful really loud sting coming up turn your volume down or back away from your headphones
Yes, it was um, it was quite remarkable to watch Norwich City celebrate a victory in the Premier League because I hadn't seen that away from home since uh, November 2019. Um, potentially more remarkable was what happened after that. Um, moments after Daniel Farker was standing in front of me uh, talking about how best to approach the international break um, off the back of a win. Um, he was no longer Norwich City head coach, which after four and a half years and a remarkable amount of uh, up and down, I suppose is fair to say, um, came as kind of a bolt out of the blue, I think, for, for everyone, including the Norwich City fans who probably wanted him gone. I think they almost said it not thinking it was actually going to happen. It seems to be the direction of a lot of people. Um, I guess we kind of all know what happened or what the process was. If you don't, there is a piece on The Athletic on that. Uh, it's kind of my job to do that. So you'll be able to read that if you so if you so wish. Um, Steve, what was it like for you um, where you were and when you heard and things on, on Saturday? Um, when did I hear? I think it was... Um... I think it was John on our on our WhatsApp group actually. So John Rogers broke the news to me. What what a man to have broken it. Picked <laughs> anyone better? Um, yeah, it was a surreal day, wasn't it, on Saturday? Um, because you know, I know we're going to talk about the win, but um, part it, three. <laughs> yeah, but it, it kind of like you know the first win of the season. It just felt absolutely amazing, and the way they did it as well, and the tension was back, and and then. Three hours later, it felt like it didn't matter at all. It was all about it was all about Farker um, and all about the decision. Obviously, initially completely shocked. Um, then, kind of felt I don't know, quite sad and a bit nostalgic. But I think having come round to it, I, I'm not sure. Saturday, it, it feels like the right call. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I was on this podcast a week ago saying. I lost faith in the manager and I think someone else needs to have a go. So I can't now sit here and go, Oh, that was terrible. Why did we do that? You know, it, it wouldn't be right. I do. I do think it was right. Um, the timing was a bit off, but I think there were reasons for that. And ultimately, if you'd said to me on Saturday that we take three points and then another manager is going to come in um, and bring fresh impetus, fresh ideas and a new approach, I would say, that's a pretty good Saturday for us. So obviously we'll talk Farker legacy. Absolutely love the guy. I obviously don't even need to qualify really by saying any of that. But um, for me, uh, they may not have gone about it in the perfect way, but I think we've ended up with the right result. I think the process of it all is 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 a fascinating discussion because there's kind of the ruthlessness of the logistical decision, but there's actually the consequences of how they decided to do it, which are probably that they won the game. Because I would imagine if had Daniel Farker left and a caretaker been put in charge, Norwich probably don't win at Brentford. I, I just think that's probably too much upheaval. The performances weren't at a level where you'd have just expected a big bounce because Daniel Farker wasn't in the dugout. It's much more nuanced than that. So by removing that um, uncertainty, they almost gave themselves the best opportunity to win the game, I, I feel. And then, you know, the only way of allowing Daniel Farker to say goodbye to the players personally was to do it at Colney on the evening they were getting back from the game. Um, otherwise, everyone disappears for the international break. So that kind of also underpins the timing of it, I suppose. So, um, But likewise, pretty pretty ruthless, Dan. Yeah, and in retrospect, although some most of us saw it coming, but in equally didn't see it coming as well. But managers are always most at risk before an international break. And because it didn't happen after Leeds immediately, I think 
most fans were probably thinking it wasn't going to happen now. It may happen a little bit later in the season. So it did come as a bit of a shock. And I, like Steve, I also found out through the WhatsApp group from John <laughs> well, as well. Um, when he mentioned sacking, it was so far from my mind, actually, that I A, I had no idea what you were talking about, and B, then I thought Michael Bailey's been sacked from The Athletic. <laughs> And then see. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hang on, you thought I was being sacked. And then wow. it finally sunk in when a quick look at Twitter. But yeah, the, t- the timing was odd, wasn't it? it? But in some ways, I've come around to thinking, as you were just saying, Steve, it's probably the best way to have done it. Because if you imagine this podcast last week after Leeds, the way we would have been talking about Daniel Farker probably would have been slightly less affectionate than the way we'll be talking about him tonight, I think. And it's absolutely right. We'll be talking about him in sort of glowing terms. But I do think it was it was the right time to go. Anyone who was there for the or watched the second half against Leeds will know that a manager who whose core strength was getting players to play to a system had, had lost his core strength in that game and through much of the season as well. So it, it did feel like, sadly, the right time for him to go. I am uh, I am curious to know what you think I'd been sacked for. <laughs> <laughs> probably what would you, what would you guess? Huh? <laughs> probably shouldn't broadcast that, should we? <laughs> no, 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 let's keep that under wraps. Good point. Yeah, uh, non-disclosure agreements. We're fine. Um, I mean, Ryan, the, the the thing that got me is that, and I, I don't know that can there and can there be many managers who um, their last act is standing in front of an away end. Um, doing his allays and cheering and hugging the players and smiles everywhere. The the way fans were singing Daniel Farker's name when they were 2-0 up and 1-0 up during the first half and again in the second half, I, I've just never never really known that. And I guess that's probably what filtered into, into probably the sort of blinking at, at the news at that time because actually probably, I guess, well, I, I know the decision had already been made, but in a way... You can only imagine what, say, Delia and Michael were thinking, Stuart Webber thinking, you know, he had massive faith in Daniel for so long mm. that they're sat there and they've won the game and they're watching these scenes going, oh, we have to tell him in about an hour that he's getting sacked. There was a, a lovely moment on the uh, the perfectly legal stream that I watched of the game um, where I think they were 1-0 up about 10 minutes in and they just cut to the director's box and Delia and Michael, Stuart Webber, everyone just looked... I can't say without being too explicit, but they looked pretty miffed and like down at the whole thing. And I, yeah, I, I, I think this is the first time certainly in my years as a Norwich fan that I think a manager has left on such glowing terms. And there was a really strange, bittersweet feeling of kind of like a breakup where you know that you don't love, well, you love each other, not enough to keep it going. And it was like, it's a nice note to end on, good win. But it's, yeah, it's really straining in the air about it all. But it, I think ultimately, yeah, the right decision for sure. Yeah, which I think is, is what most people have, have agreed on. Um, it, uh, I suppose it, <laughs> now, I tell you what, let's, let's go. Is there something that you guys would say just, just to sum up the Daniel Farr career, I suppose? Because as I said, we're going to do a, a special podcast um, in 24 hours time where we're going to go properly into it. So we don't need any, any majorly long, long, long answers. But to, if we were to just to bring, bring it home in terms of, of Daniel Farker, how would you, how would you, Daniel, um, sum, sum it up? <laughs> I, well, the first word that always comes to mind with Farker is is joy. He may not be our best ever manager, and, and he isn't. He, you know, Dave Stringer, Mike Walker, etc., have strong claims to that. But what he did is he dragged 
us and the players. It dragged us and the players from a position of um, kind of slight despair in, in a football in footballing context and brought just joy to it. That 18-19 season is going to be difficult to be bettered for the sheer uh, number of late goals, the sheer sort of uh, joy we played off football with. Uh, the joy of seeing the collective spirit on the on the pitch amongst this sort of group of uh, disbanded players from other clubs who had never really found it anywhere else but came to Norwich City and were brought together. That's going to be hard to replicate. And despite the sort of the horrors of the 10 games in, in the pandemic and the start to this season and the sort of rather dreary uh, first season under Daniel Farker, no one will remember those. Everyone will just remember the sheer sort of thrilling entertainment he brought to this football club uh, across those four and a half, five years that he was here. Lovely. Ryan? Um, I'm going to say iconic, uh, similar to what Dan said. I think the particularly the two championship winning seasons, um, they're going to be seasons that are talked about decades from now. Just the, 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 what, the football that was played, the... The, again, like bringing all of this group of players together, a group of misfits sort of becoming this unstable force. And yes, there have been the odd lows with the, the pandemic and whatnot. But I, I think certainly in my time as a fan as well, the, the these two seasons have been, or those two seasons, I should say, have been the most enjoyable, I think. He's um, certainly been one of the best managers to deal with. And, and Steve, we're probably going to speak a lot about this in the in the podcast tomorrow night, so we probably don't need to go into it too much. But I, I suppose for me, it was, it's little things like um, my little boy coming in the room and uh, and uh, yes, yesterday and me suddenly twigging that he's the only Norwich manager I've spoken to with him. And even when Archie was two, he was like, he knew Daniel Farker's face and his name. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, um, uh, so I suppose it's just little things like that. You don't have managers who hang around very long, never mind have success over a prolonged period. And, and let's be honest, it was success over four years, essentially, wasn't it really? So um, to, to a degree. And also just something like getting the football club through COVID. I mean, that was in it. You wouldn't really have wanted any other manager to be in charge of your football club in a global pandemic where football shut down for three months. I know that didn't really pan out when the football restarted. <laughs> and I have to say, if you're looking at watershed moments, you know, that maybe that from that point on was, was something that unraveled and we'll never get back. But um, yeah, I suppose that's just a little insight into my head. Have you got a little, little insight in your head? Steve? <laughs> just, a, just a really, really small um, yeah, a little insight, not a little head. You're right. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a small insight from a massive head. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think to be honest, like, <laughs> like end of an era is is the cliche, but it it is it is very much an era, isn't it? And I think I think what we kind of forget is is just how different that style of football was when Farker came in for Norwich fans, um, and how much we had to adapt to it in the first season. And obviously, yeah, we'll, uh, you know. The guys have already said in great detail exactly what came after, but the the Farker we don't know what's coming next. But the Farker era is very much going to be, you know, in in thirty forty years time, it will stand alone um, purely because of the style of football and and how much changed um, from the team he took over to the team he had in place, even like six months, twelve months after, um, and what he then went on to achieve. Obviously, just kind of topped that off. So, yeah, um, I think. It's. It's. I've been thinking. Is he the best manager since I started watching them? 
it's tough. I mean, you kind of I was, don't want to I give it to the guy the who manages it, manages it switch as well, do you, Ryan? But like, yeah. this, this is the thing. This is the thing. It's it's all day. I've been thinking it's between him and Paul Lambert, but I I, I think you've got to give it to Dan, haven't you? At this point, yeah. uh, they're uh, you know they're both remarkable achievements. We don't have to rank everything. As, as, <laughs> as, as, as someone who often ranks things, I do always try and make that point. So um, I think we'll we'll wrap that up. Um, uh, for, for now in terms of of of, of daniel farker um and we'll have a proper lengthy uh loving about him tomorrow night um there is now obviously the question of what happens next which is probably why everyone's watching this live because they think they're going to get a massive insight into something that hasn't been decided yet um it's uh it's a it's a really interesting situation now isn't it dan because um what what this has done is it's removed any question mark over the head coach being good enough and we're now very much left with is the playing squad good enough was the recruitment good enough and how good are you at recruiting the next head coach mr stuart weber yeah uh, so many questions to answer as well because obviously people have been calling for cantwell and, and gilmore and cholis so we're really going to see now whether these players are up to scratch and whether the new manager can get most out of rashika who looked excellent against brentford can carry on norman's good form uh, etc as well but it's just it's interesting obviously we're just going to get into talking about some of the names that have been banded about and the, but the reaction to those are interesting as well because we're bottom of the table with five points so we're not going to be swimming in the top tier or the second tier of managerial appointments so whoever we pick whoever we bring in there's going to be flaws with them there's going to be unknowns with them whether it's someone who's not managing top flight of any European football like Knutson or someone who's managing the top flight of football but was probably underwhelming like Lampard, or someone who's just come off the back of a sacking like Dean Smith. Who we're going to end up in, or with rather, is someone who's going to have those sort of flaws. So it's, it's such a crucial appointment now because it can't just be someone who's going to come in and firefight. It's going to be, knowing Stuart Webber, it's going to be someone who has to buy into how Norwich City act as a club going to have to be someone who buys into potentially having to do this all again in the championship next season but it's also got to be someone who the board and Weber believe can keep us up otherwise we wouldn't have acted with Daniel Farker so getting that balance right is uh, an unenviable job. I mean it certainly has to be an upgrade on Daniel Farker because that is surely the point of of the change and someone who can get more out of this this squad of players and I guess Ryan what I've been thinking about is can do Norwich have to appoint someone with a view to next season should they actually just appoint someone who is the best job for this year and if it if it doesn't work out uh, you could you know ultimately probably recruit again in the summer for um for a manager who may be better suited to the championship i mean like daniel farker could still be available but let's not make that joke um, <laughs> uh, yeah what do you think it's it's a precarious position to be in because I think I think given where we are at the moment, it'd be stupid not to have an appointment in mind that could potentially get us back up. I don't think it's in the club's nature to look immediately short term and then um, change again in the summer should they go down. I think they'll want someone who's going to come in, but obviously potentially keep Norwich up, but be prepared for the challenge of getting promotion next year should the should the worst happen um but then again it's like you have to then look at the, who's out there who could potentially do that but dean smith is an option he's done it before he's got um nuno as well he's, has done it before with walls so i mean there are options out there but it's um it's i think it's it, a longevity is is key in the appointment as well and i don't think 
I think it'd be stupid to uh, plan for the immediate short term uh, on its own, as it were. What do you reckon, Steve? Yeah, I completely agree with um, <clears throat> with Ryan's point. I think um, I think we need to be looking at longevity. I think we we don't need somebody that's going to go in there and completely rip up everything that Daniel Fark has done. To be honest, I think it's it's kind of building on on what he's already kind of set up. And the question that you ask about the squad, um, that's now really interesting. I mean, you know, it, 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 the rest of the season now becomes quite exciting, really, because I think it is the question now of... My feeling was always that Farker wasn't really getting the best out of the squad that he had at his disposal. And is there another coach who could? And I suppose what we're now about to find out is is yes or, or no. Um, I know there are names being bandied about and some of them I like less than others. The <laughs> the shortlist that you see of the bookies' favourites is hilarious because you know that like nine out of ten of them are not going to be anywhere near. Steve Bruce shortlist. still on there? Is Steve Bruce still on there? I should look it up, shouldn't I? I think on, he carry was. On. Who are the other ones who are on there? Well, Eddie Howe was on there yesterday oh, still, he wasn't he? Was. <laughs> oh, you know, you can always get out of a football contract. So, you know, you know see what, what did, you get. Didn't I see Sky Sports News tweet today? That what were the three names? Dean Smith, uh, uh, Hassan Hootel, and Hassan Hootel. Yeah, have, which have, right the the petty person of me just wants Hassan Hootel just for the sake of after the international break, just when Southampton come, and then that's it. He can go after that just for that one game, <laughs> just that. <laughs> it would be that's hilarious, it. but like yeah, I mean, well, you would know better than me, Michael, whether that's just a load of nonsense or, or not, or whether it's all just completely made up. But Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'll tell you what, I've, I've done about eight media appearances since since Saturday night. Um, so I, I felt like maybe we should have a section where you can just grill me questions <laughs> and we just get it over and done with, because that's probably what people want. And I, if I'm do- doing it everywhere else, we might as well do it on here. So um, shall we, for the next like minute or a bit, you want to just throw throw questions at me let's get them out of the way ask ask me and let's do it and i'll probably you know i'll, I'll answer what i can um what, so, coat, um what sort of coat do you think the new manager should wear should it be another farker outfit or should he go entirely different <laughs> well you've got we've got we've got a cut we can't he can't rock up looking like daniel farker that's going to be an issue isn't it because it's going to be like yeah. new em- emperor's new clothes or the other way around whatever the yeah. opposite is of that saying <laughs> it would be that the, uh, the, a new emperor in his old clothes you're saying that you're wearing craig bellamy vest is that what you're getting yes at? definitely okay. yeah cool literally. kit just full norris city kit on the sidelines maybe <laughs> I mean, maybe if it's john terry that will get that it won't be John Terry. It won't be John Terry. <laughs> Big fan of BK8, by the way, John Terry, if I remember rightly. Um, he was an ambassador, wasn't he? He was an ambassador. Yeah, yes, he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's what I meant, in case anyone thinks that was exactly what I meant. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It won't, John Terry will not be at Norwich City Football Club. I, I feel quite confident in saying that. Are these um, are these the kind of probing questions you've been getting when you've been doing interviews? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was the first one. I've had that one okay. five times. Um, what was the one you asked at the start of all this, Steve, that was kicking it off? I can't remember that. Uh, I can't remember, but I have another one. Well, there's a lot There's a lot of chat. Uh, sorry, there's a lot of chat about two people in yes. the comments, yeah. um, and that's Kjetil Knudsen. I don't know if I'm saying Good. that right. I don't and know how to Frank Lampard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, like... I know you. Well, you you might give your politicians other if I say, "Are they right, Michael?" So I'm not going to ask you that. But um, do ask you me think, whatever you want. Ask are those two names? Do those two names sound plausible to you? I so guess? the first thing to say, because everyone asks me, 
I don't know who the shortlist is. I don't know who, I think it's down to two candidates. I think so. I don't know who they are. Uh, I reckon there's about five people who know who they are. Um, I reckon it will come out as soon as Norwich Survivor decided who it is or told them or agreed. I reckon it might come out the other end because they'll, they'll know and they'll have to tell that's, that would be my surmising of, of, of how the process will will work so it's quite amusing watching everyone sort of spinning around trying to nail who it is and do stuff on all these names because five people know we don't know yet so you know um uh, that's how i see it i think it's um so frank lampard i just can't see it being him famous last words may end up with egg on my face i just can't see it being him because i would have thought that would just have been sorted quite quickly um why does frank take this job would be my question if he's mm. managed chelsea and derby does he really then want a relegation on his cv the villa job will be far more appealing to him and it's interesting that that job is now up as well because it'd be interesting who appoints first and who they appoint because are they fishing in the same waters i don't know because hassan huttle I could see going to Villa. There's no way he's coming here, but I could definitely see him going to Villa. Well, they've um, been linked with Hassan Hutel and Gerard, haven't they? And Gerard yes. seems to be a sort of reputation-wise, at least slightly above Lampard at the moment. So that would mm-hmm. make sense that Lampard hasn't been associated with the Villa job. Exactly. And um, but then would Gerard leave Rangers? That's an interest, you know, interesting one at this point. And I think that logic also applies to to, to Knutsen, who is on the brink of a second title at Bodo Glimt and and is still in the Champions League. So um I, I, I think I think he seems like a really good um idea from all that I know of him, which isn't masses. Um but it does sound like most people in Norway are like, why are the English media stoking this up? So uh, I'm not getting the impression from that end that it's particularly close. And also, to be honest, I don't think the process is particularly close. It's what is it, Monday night? I don't think we'll be hearing anything in the next day or two. Maybe, you know, so, but we, we will see. Maybe things will move a bit quicker. Um, I liked the idea of Lucien Favre, if I'm honest, but um, I don't know if he's particularly hungry and whether the Norwich he, job would actually excite would he, him. Well, he wouldn't take the Norwich job. I, I mean, no, I've I, heard I, that think name. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it feels too big or too small for him, really. Yeah. So, um, uh, so that's it, really. I, I, uh, it will be really interesting who they go. If they go, I, I feel like it's someone we might not, we probably don't know yet, maybe. And, and, you know, is, we, is there anyone up. else? Is there anyone else who you or who anyone on the call uh, pod has given consideration to um, that we haven't mentioned yet? Well, I suppose I'm slightly surprised that Wagner's not been linked back to Stuart mm-hmm. Webber yet because he's doing a good job again at Young Boys. He's obviously got um, Premier League experience, relegation on his C, obviously mm-hmm. on his CV. But mm-hmm. I'm surprised he's just not been linked. I don't know if that's been categorically ruled out or. Weber wouldn't even think about it. Mm. But interested that Michael, that you've ruled out all of the, <laughs> the three main candidates. <laughs> Who are the two then, Michael? Who are oh, in fairness, I didn't I haven't ruled anyone out. I just they they would be my question marks over whether it's them. Um and as I said, um, the eggs are already being lobbed at me to, to land on my that, face. As I said, I guess we'll probably we'll end up with someone who will have their flaws though, won't they? So like, like exactly like, yeah. like Knutson. So well, whoever comes will we'll be able to say the same sorry. thing about them won't we yes sorry dan I'm, I'm i'm curious how would you guys feel about someone coming in who has never managed in the premier league before i'd i'd love it honestly i what mm-hmm. i'm hoping for is oh like, yes go on steve 
I, I, I want somebody who we don't know how they how their team plays football, especially we don't know their style of play. Just some something completely out there, like we had with Farka. I'd, I'd love to have that all over again. That can often go one of two ways. And to be honest with Knutson, my initial feeling was it sounds that he sounds like a Ronnie Dyler of uh, who was who completely yeah, bombed at Celtic. Celtic. But yeah. but honestly, give me give me. I think that would be fun. I I sort of almost don't care if it goes really badly. I just want <laughs> I want some. I'd rather have the excitement of that than have someone like Lampard who you kind of know what he's going to bring and like yeah okay like they'll be reasonably entertained to watch but they won't be able to defend and won't be able to defend against a counter-attack you kind of like and he's not yeah. going to keep us up as he Lampard realistically I'd rather have the option of somebody who could come in and just be completely brilliant mm-hmm. and has never managed in the Premier League before than one of the, these kind of safe appointments that's mm-hmm. that's my feeling on it you see I, like I, I, I share I sh- Oh, sorry, Michael. No, I share a similar thought process to you, Steve, but my worry is, as with Alex Neal, as with Daniel Farker, if this new guy comes in, he's never managed in the league before, and they have a week where they go to somewhere like, I don't know, Villa Park or another sort of mid-table team, and they get spanked, when does the fear factor kind of set in, and when do the tactics start to change, or when do they start to go within themselves a bit, and then... Have the same cycle sort of all over again. I know, like it's again, it's it's one of many possibilities. But I think we've seen that twice in the last two different managers who've managed in the Premier League. That I, I kind of feel like they should be going for someone who's at least done it before at this level to a degree. Well, I guess the last time we did that was Chris Hewton, and we should never speak of that brain ever again. <laughs> 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 <Okay>. Brutal, <laughs> the most brutal things. <laughs> That's the kind of thing. Like, if you want someone to firefight, then someone like Chris Hewton is obviously your option. I- I'm with Steve. I'd rather have someone sort of slightly unknown who's going to come in um, and kind of make us all excited we won't know what the first 11 will be we probably won't know what kind of football we're going to play and that's part of being a football fan isn't it that sort of new excitement because as disappointing as it was to lose Farkin, I'm still sad about it everyone's sort of bubbling away with a bit of excitement about who's going to come in uh, go on Steve well I was just going to say the other thing is I think what what Weber and Farker have built is a system where I would have thought it's a fairly good job to have. Like it, it's probably it might not be a Lucian Favre type level, but I do think for an ambitious coach, it's a good place to cut your teeth. You, you're likely to get time. They're not going to get blamed for this season, so they're going to get a good chunk of next season, even if things go really, really badly. And also, you've got a, a you know the the academy is improved. Um, you've got a, a kind of the opportunity to take what is a fairly talented group of players and, and improve them from a fairly low base. So I. Th- I think for probably more so than in a long, long time with this appointment, I, th- I think Norwich City feels like a good team to manage. We're, we're coming from a good place. I think what I would say, um, I don't, I'm not, I don't care if they've got Premier League experience um, uh, at, at all. What they are going to have to do is prove they have the tactical knowledge and strength to manage in the premier league because i think the one thing that it's it's become clear is that you the the teams are really astute they they know what they're doing you you have to be flexible and you have to be good at being flexible and reactive and proactive and you have to adjust and adapt to so many different situations which for all of daniel farker's many many strengths i think um reacting in a quick and effective way in game management tactically or get from game to game was a wasn't the same he wasn't as strong as that as he was tweaking a formula that was that was working and that could be relied on which is why i think if he's in if he manages a team that is in a 
is a strong team relative to the division he's in, he will have success. And that could be any division, I think, honestly. Um, so I think there, there will be coaches uh, across Europe who will have proven that they are tactically astute and can do that. And also, I think that you can have a team that is defensively well-structured, but also exciting on the counter or exciting at cutting through the lines and being... Essentially, the Wolves team under under, under Nuno, uh, Espirito Santo, when they got promoted, was that. They were rigid and defensively. You couldn't get past them, but they had some real quality and they could cut through you really quickly. And that is an exciting brand of football. I suppose the problem with Chris Uton was it was literally, we're going to sit here and then hopefully we're going to yeah. score. And that's not exciting. And then if it doesn't work at all, you've got nothing left and i think you can have a tactically astute coach who can deal with things um, um but also produce a, a a brand of exciting football even if it's not possession based or fluid dynamic movement or a high press so i think there are different ways of doing it dan and what what i would say about that is our squad building in in the summer was sort of very much seemed to be pointing in that direction as well a team that could sit back and then counter through the lines with Cholis and Rashika and, and Sargent as well. That was a and Lee Smalou who can who should be able to carry the ball. That's one of the reasons we brought him in as well. So it feels like we have a squad that would suit a manager who has that as their sort of foundation in the Premier League. You know what? That is a brilliant point. Well made. Um, well, I think we're not going to do pick that one out this week, which I hope everyone forgives us for, because no one wants to hear a rant this week, do they? Let's be honest. Um, so in that case, I'm going to move us on very nicely um, to our halftime sting, which is just here. I've just realised we didn't do any uh, comments, but that's okay. I think we'll have a look at the end of the pod and see if we can get some uh, some comments together. I just got a bit excited about playing this sting. You all know how much I love it. Um, okay, this week's centerfold. Then um, I'm not going to play that sting. Uh, the game did get a little bit lost in everyone, so I'm going to bring it forward to part two. There you go, part two. We're going to talk about the actual football match. Um, I have to say, uh, watching Norwich's two-one win at Brentford. Norwich obviously went back to a 4-2-3-1, but didn't put it in their pre-match graphic, did they? No, <laughs> notice that. Um, I was, um, which wasn't necessarily a surprise. Uh, I thought I thought Norwich were, were good in the first half. I thought they were uh, up against the Brentford team who looked pretty lost. I then thought Brentford got better in the second half. I primarily helped by a tactical tweak by Thomas Frank in uh, half time, which we've seen quite a bit of at this level before. Um, and then Norwich just sort of lost their way completely uh, and hung on. Um, I have to say, uh, Steve, the result was good. Some of the performance was, was really good, but they were kind of hanging on desperately. And the way they just decided not to bother defending their back post for the entirety of the second half it was a unique form of defending that I've not really seen done before. They were, I think, you're not normally harsh, Michael, but I think you are being a little bit harsh this time. And I, th- I also feel like beggars can't be choosers. So if we get, no, no, if we no, get three points, true. it doesn't really matter how we achieve it. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to, um, I suppose, for probably the final time, give Daniel Farker some serious credit for getting us those three points because I agree with you at the start of that second half we were under the cosh massively and I didn't think we were going to hold out when Henry scored that goal um yeah quite what was going on at the back post I've no idea but 
Farker identified that and I've been screaming for about 10 minutes, get Dowell off, get Dowell off. Um, and he did. Uh, but he did something that I don't think any of us watching would have done, which is probably why none of us are Premier League managers, and brought on Dimi Anoulis, switched it to a five at the back, played Brandon Williams uh, on the left of a three, which I don't think he's ever done before. No, yeah, and, back, yeah. and, the, and the threats that were coming down Brentford's wings kind of abruptly stopped, really. Anoulis did really well when he came on, I thought. Um, and really, I can't remember Brentford having a really good chance from that point onwards, and certainly they didn't look as threatening. So I actually think in a game, in a pretty critical game, that we could, you know, if, if an equaliser had gone in, regardless of the whole managerial situation, that would have been absolute crushing. Um, so I think if that was Farker's last act as Norwich manager, it's a bloody good one, because I, I genuinely think that that won us the points, apart from the first half display. So, yeah, we were maybe fortunate to get those three points, but I do think they've really, really dug in in a way that we haven't seen them do at any point in the last 21 Premier League games. So, um, yeah, I, I think credit to the players and credit to Farker for that one, because I expected nothing and they delivered three points. So, yeah, delighted. So what, so what you're saying is Daniel Farker did eventually become the Premier League coach we all thought he could. <laughs> yeah, why are we saying that? Before he was sacked. <laughs> Brilliant. That is not the take I wanted, Steve. But, you know, fair play. Fair, absolutely fair play. Um, I mean, uh, we saw Norwich score twice. We saw them score early. Dan, we saw them take the lead for the first time this season in the Premier League. Um, yeah. what, was, what was your favourite bit about all that? Uh, well, I'm just going to rub it in a bit more now after Steve, because I was going to say exactly the same thing. I thought when you were talking about Farker not getting it right in the Premier League and being flexible enough, he did finally get it right against Bradford because we were, we were, there was no way we were drawing that game, uh, winning that game or drawing that game if he hadn't switched it around. Uh, and he did. And he'd finally learned. So uh, shame he'd gotten now, maybe. I don't know. Wow. But, wow. But other... I did not see this coming. <laughs> I have to be honest. It's not fair okay, carry on. But yes, it's gonna be, this is going to be a great clip, by the way, if, if Norwich <laughs> get relegated. With, you know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, carry on. Carry but on. there were several sort of uh, good takeaways from that. I thought that was, I think I mentioned before, Rashika's best game for us. And that was on the back of a... He, throughout the season, he sort of had halves where he's looked really excellent. And when he's come on, he's looked good as well. But this is the first time he's probably strung together a 90-minute performance where he's looked absolute Premier League quality. Um Norman just gets better and better. He seemed felt, felt like he's sort of more comfortable in a four-two-three-one sitting as well. So he knew exactly what his role was and when and when to break. That Kenny seemed a bit more comfortable in that role as well. Thought Elise Malou had that sort of steepening effect in that ten, where he's sometimes in a midfield three, sometimes playing as a number ten. So I thought going forward, a four-two-three-one again suited us pretty well. I thought Max Aarons was excellent. Janulis was good when he came on. Brandon Williams probably had his best game for us as well. I mean, that's not. Forget that we were playing against a Brentford side who had lost three in a row and were looking pretty low on confidence until uh, the second half as well. But more than anything, I think that performance showed that we do probably have the players that should be able to compete for finishing 17th in, or 16th in this in the Premier League. We do have the players that a manager can take on and mould into a team that can bring out surprise results, bring out surprise wins and compete against teams alongside us. So I think we should take a lot of heart from that performance. And it obviously meant so much to them to win as well at the end, which is obviously, you know, they'd lost, they, they hadn't won for uh, 10 games. Um, so it's going to mean, mean a lot to them as well. But it, it's sort of, it was an emotional outpouring from the players and the fans. And it was really good to see that sort of viscer viscerally how much it means to them as well. 
Absolutely. And especially linking with between them and the fans because that obviously we still try to remember that that hasn't happened for so long certainly in terms of norwich having a, a little bit of success to grow it all um i thought center backs were very good ryan on on saturday um and Jorma bamadele who you know is is still a bit raw but especially at this level yeah. but um is is just looking um absolute part still uh ben gibson i thought was very good too uh, as the captain um and and Milot Rashica's role in the first goal, I think, uh, probably escaped me a little bit at the time, but it was a proper dribble mm -hmm. that really created some space mm -hmm. on the on the left, and then the opportunity for mm -hmm. for Norman off off the end of that. So, um, mm -hmm. and we also saw a through ball for Tamu Puki. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, scenes, Ryan. Scenes. <laughs> scenes. Absolute scenes. Um, it's it, yeah, it was sort of, it was the first time I think we can all agree that it felt like things were finally coming together. Um, I, I must admit, I disagree with the guys a little bit. I thought the start to the second half, particularly after Pookie dragged his shot wide, I had a bit of squeaky bum time. Um, and I thought, I thought that perhaps between, between the lines, which they marshaled so well in the first half, they were a bit slack until they made the change. Um, one thing I don't think has been mentioned as much is I liked all the dark arts we were doing towards the end of the game, like Matthias Norman picking up all sorts of knocks and just sitting there for five minutes, like getting the physio to wiggle his finger and everything. He dislocated he did, his I mean, finger, right? Okay, oh okay, goodness. okay. I'm wiggling, okay, I'm wiggling okay. the finger no. in directions it's not supposed to go. <laughs> um, but also as well, word for Kieran Dow, who I thought, he, yeah, I agree he needs to come off, but there are a few moments where... Brentford was sort of recycle the play in their own, like their own defensive third, and he'd just go through the back of someone, stop the ball dead, <laughs> free kick, and then yeah, cut the rhythm a little bit. And that's what the game needed. It's just that kind of the that harshness that I think had been lacking and, and a tough centre that we hadn't seen from a Norwich City team in the Premier League for so long. Um, but yeah, the, the the signs are all there. I, I I do agree with the guys that I think the players are there. They just need to. I think above all, they need to be made to believe that they can do it because there is so much quality there that can be tapped into, but they just they just need to carry this on. And this is the perfect springboard for the new person to come in and, yeah, build from there, basically. I, I do now strongly believe that Daniel Farker's greatest parting gift is probably three points in his last game because it's made the position, the vacancy much more appealing. It's at least delivered a little bit of extra belief mm -hmm. and... Um, um, they, I think we should all be probably quite grateful for that, especially as you know he did turn into the Premier League coach who we all thought he would in his final forty-five <laughs> minutes. So, but uh, I, I, I think we, uh, you know, that while that was a good performance, there probably wasn't enough there to make me think, oh, we'll we'll go on and beat Southampton now under Farker. I think, you know, it it, it was as Ryan says, it's it's getting that belief, and I I'm not sure Farker's the coach to do that game after game after game. Um, I mean, the other thing about that game is scoring early was absolutely massive for us. It's the first time, obviously, that we've yeah. been in front all season um, and having a lead to defend just made Brentford come out that little bit more and meant that we could play that counter-attacking football that uh, essentially the players that we brought in this season have, uh, are kind of here to do. And we just haven't had a chance really to do it because most teams don't, well, well either too good or, or will, you know, sit back, you know, like, like Leeds did in the second half when they're in front. It's like, we'll go and then play through us and we just can't. I think pushing Brentford on maybe another 10 yards or whatever it was, or the fact that they had to come forward um, in order to attack us just really suited us down to the ground. So um, tactically the game worked out really well for us, but 
completely agree with what Ryan said with the attitude in the second half, especially to just kind of grind the points out and go down at every available opportunity, which we never seem to normally do with too nice. Um, yeah, it was a kind of mixture of all things, really. I mean, in a, essentially, we are looking for three teams to finish above, uh, Dan. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I would say on on Saturday's evidence and the fact that Brentford had a, a fast start, but do seem to be getting a little lost. I, I I do definitely think that they're they're potentially one. So that's yeah, nine. Brentford, <laughs> Newcastle still. I mean, despite the billions being pumped into them, are they really going to be able to recruit the kind of players they need to recruit in January? Is is Eddie Howe, whose last act as a manager was getting re- relegated, the the guy to keep them up? So I think they're definitely going to be spending most of the season in a relegation fight. But but then after that, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Burnley look like they're back to their sort of niggly ways of getting draws when they should be beaten and then getting wins when they should draw. Um, Leeds have players coming back from injury and have one of the uh, best managers in the Premier League. So it's it's hard to know who's going to get sucked in. But um, all we can do is, concentrating on, is concentrate on playing to, as well as we can and picking up as many wins as we can. And then it kind of becomes irrelevant if we, keep, if we start winning. That's the could, way. Well, could, it be, could it be Norwich, Brentford and Watford? It's like, could that feasibly be the yeah. three that go back down? Oh, Watford. I've forgotten about Watford. Yeah, absolutely yeah. it could be Watford, couldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, that would be that would be a great one for the Premier League uh, Premier League enthusiasts, wouldn't it? So uh, parachute payment fans, they'd love that as well. So um, can I, can I just ask a quick question, Michael? Of course also you can. To Ryan and Steve as well. What what do you think? What sort of level of performance or scoreline would it have taken for Stuart Webber to have had to call Delia to tell her that actually we probably shouldn't be sacking <laughs> Daniel Farker after this five nil six nil? What would have been what would have been the scoreline? That's a good question. I don't was know. anything that could have done? I, I wonder if they sort of, like, Ryan was talking about the glum faces, whether they were kind of like, oh, God, I actually expect we're going to win this <laughs> yeah. game. So I don't know, maybe, I, yeah, maybe like a 4 nil or something like that. But I thought, <laughs> you know, hey, ignore yeah. the noise, trust the process, all that stuff. You've got to stick to your guns, right? Um, yeah. Just that, sorry, uh, that, that must have posed the question. I was just going to say, it must have posed the question of them. It, it must have. They must have sat there for just a moment and gone, mm. oh, God, what are we going to do? <laughs> they must have done. They absolutely must have done. Anyway, sorry. What Steve. would it have taken Delia Smith to rugby tackle Stuart Webber's? Yeah. Go, <laughs> no. <the> bad news. <laughs> Don't be having him. Don't be having him, uh, uh, Steve. I was just going to ask just about the go back to the Stuart Webber comments from uh, middle of no the week before last before the Leeds game they kind of I mean I know that there's such such a thing as a, the dreaded vote of confidence but they seem really hollow now to sort of say you know we can't just give him one or two games or you know it's it's up to 100 people not just one person and then from well from having read your article Michael it sounded like he'd already even made his mind up by that point so I kind of think why come out and say that why not just why not just keep quiet I don't think he'd made up his mind by that point, but I think they, I think they wanted, they wanted to see something at Colney as a result of what was said. I think, and I don't think they saw it. And then I guess with the performance as well against Leeds, they still didn't see it. Um, but you're right, and I think the reaction to it's really been really. We're getting back onto Daniel Farker's sacking, obviously, but um, it has been really interesting watching the reaction because 
actually the one person who's come out incredibly well from it is Daniel Farker. It's like, you know what? He's whiny. He's the best man ever in terms of being a human. I'm not arguing about that, by the way. <laughs> you know, all this the, absolutely bang on. His legacy is wonderful. And actually people are going, all right, so, you know, Stuart Weber sacked him to kind of protect his situation or to, you know, which I, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with that. Um, and, you know, his role is to make make sure that he's doing the right thing on behalf of the entire football club. Um, and I think I would imagine everyone's pretty much assumed that Stuart Webber probably will be here beyond the summer, um, which I think has sort of been intimated just in case. Some people seem to be reporting it as if they've suddenly discovered it. So I, I, I just thought assumed it was an open secret now. But um, And obviously this situation probably underpins that as well. So... Um, it it just shifts the focus, I suppose. It's that's why this is a huge because we're now probably at the point where you know Daniel Farker's legacy is secure. So what is Stuart Weber's legacy going to be? Because it's probably going to ride on what this uh, what this appointment's like. Yeah. Yeah, and he's never sacked a manager before, has he? First time, I think. Has now. Um, has now. Yeah. Has now. Um, um, yeah. Before, of can I just because uh, there's some names flying about in the comments, just managerial Ooh, yeah. potential appointments. I don't yeah. know how serious some of these are, but I kind of think um, <laughs> maybe can we can we pick a, a manager and assistant manager out of this lot? So I've got <laughs> Thomas Frank. I don't know if wow. this is <laughs> Paul Warren. Uh, there's loads. Oh, Ian I'd love it to be Warren. Um, sorry, sorry by the way for not naming who's put these comments. There's just too many of them. Uh, Gary Johnson, uh, Ronald Koeman, <laughs> Barry Fry. <laughs> Joachim Love, Bruno Labadia, uh, Gary Monk, and Zinedine Zidane. They're just a little bit like what's flying around. Oh, and uh, Slavon Bilic has just come in as well. So Maybe okay. maybe just do what Have I Got News For You did when Angus Dayton had to leave and just have one a game now. Just oh, rotate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> manager. That's a great idea. No you one ever's pick, done that before. You could pick the manager depending on you know who they would best suit the, mm. the opposition. I feel it's like, like a, it's, it's extreme Watford style. style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I suppose so. But, you know, you could draft in Jose to face Oleg and Solskjaer, I suppose. And, you know, it'd be like everyone could be a manager with a grudge against the other manager. <laughs> you know, if Villa appoint, if Villa appoint um, Lampard, then, you know, we could have Steven Gerrard for a game. And then <laughs> I love that idea. Who would you pick to face a certain opposite? Who would you next pick to, play, to face Ipswich? Not that that's likely to happen anytime soon, but, you know, Norwich draw Ipswich in the... Can they draw them in the FA Cup or are they already out? <laughs> I don't they, know. They drew, didn't they? Ipswich they drew, so yeah, they're still they in it. So Ipswich Town at Carroll Road in the third round of the FA Cup, who takes charge of Norwich for that game? Paul <laughs> Lambert. I mean, it kind of... Got to <laughs> are you in Culverhouse? I guess, um, I guess Bruce has uh, previous uh, Norwich-Ipswich yeah. Cup matches, hasn't he? So maybe, yeah. he could, maybe he could have a go. Bring himself on, mm. header in the 85th yeah, minute, yeah. job done. Um <laughs> Where are we at? Oh yeah, so we got back onto the old subject. So, um, oh yeah, Nate, you is were they all the names, Steve? There are no more names. All the names on, our, on the long list on the on the ball long list. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, no, let's not attach our name to that list. <laughs> but, um, yeah, from from Gary Monk to Zinedine Zidane is is, is quite a range <laughs> of uh, people. I tell you what, then let's move on to a bit of Motti. This is almost fantasy football. This will be quick. Um, it's time to look ahead. Uh, it's an international break. So does anyone really care? <laughs> I mean, uh, we know Norwich's managerial search is obviously going on. Um, 
but there will be players who will be away with their international folks. Um, Christoph Jolis and Dimi, Dimi Yanoulis are both away with Greece. Um, I mean, I don't want to start under, uh, you know, re- reading too much into things, but they were two players who didn't post anything about Daniel Farker on their Instagrams. Um, that's all I'll say. I don't, you know, don't know, but that maybe, maybe it's not Greek style. Maybe the first it's a one posted was him putting his thumbs up on an aeroplane, wasn't it? <laughs> there you go. Is he? he can read something into, I guess. So um, it just struck me that they hadn't bothered, um, which maybe in itself mm. says enough. Maybe they don't even look on their Instagrams because <laughs> that is also entirely possible. Um, so, yeah, uh, there will be various players away. Obviously, Isaac Kabak has glandular fever, which doesn't sound great because that strikes me as something that might keep him out for a little while. But I don't know if any of you guys have any glandular fever experience. Um, I, I had a friend who had it and it was had it for months, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, and other people away. Tamu Tamu Puki had uh, had cramp at the end of the uh, Norwich game, uh, which struck me as strange because I never has cramp. Uh, but uh, he, he's um, he's gone away with Finland, and um, I imagine they'll all be by their phones. The players going, so uh, who's my boss when I come back? So um, uh, we'll keep an eye on their um, their um, whereabouts over the course of the international break. I'm sure then Norwich come back um, to face Southampton, um, who. I mean, this was the fixture that kind of signalled relegation two years ago, wasn't it? Ultimately, Steve, Daniel Farker threw a 4-4-2 at a team where everyone kind of assumed that was the one formation they shouldn't have played. And uh, <laughs> and they had a good first five minutes and then that was it, really. Oh, yeah, that was hopeless, that game, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it feels... I mean, I can't wait. Like, Presumably, we're going to have a new manager in by then. The atmosphere, you would think, is going to be really, really good. Um, especially if we get Haas and Hootel in, that would be incredible. Wouldn't it? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I, I do not know what to expect. But, um, you know, Saturday, as the guys have said, um, kind of gave me the hope that this is a decent group of players and, and somebody could get the best out of them, you know. I haven't even mentioned Matthias Norman's name yet, and he was so good on Saturday. So that I'm, I'm beginning to hope again. I'm beginning to hope, and, oh, and, and, and no. it does feel, and it feels quite big because it's a winnable game. You know, Southampton have been on good form themselves, haven't conceded many, but um, yeah, I, I, it's a game that we can win. It's a good <gasps> first game for the manager, isn't it? So yes, who knows. They have been in very good form, Southampton, which is a is a is a fair point um, fair point to make. It will be interesting the crowd's reaction, Ryan. I mean, do you reckon Daniel will get a chance? I mean, I know he's not there, but I, I do I do wonder. I don't know. Maybe I, that's a bit, uh, no, I think if no. the new guy's in, stay clear of that. To be honest, by that point, yeah. I think it'd be, it'd be yeah. Like again, agree with Steve. I think everyone will be up for it at least. It'll be one of the if you you know if you get yourself a ticket if you can. Like it's the atmosphere will be booming to say the least i mean like i think it's probably i mean the first kind of game you want is a winnable home game any yeah anytime really obviously um but in the current circumstance i don't think there are many better fixtures they could ask for in the circumstances you know that everyone's going to be refreshed off the international break new person's going to be in it's it's season starts here lads season starts here <laughs> southampton will be massively complacent as well won't they dan yeah naturally 
<laughs> massively yeah, complacent. Massively. I just wonder if our uh, stadium DJ will be complacent and forget to remove Parklife from the playlist before the game as well. So yeah. interesting to listen out to that. And just to, it, I am like Steve and Ryan, very hopeful. Crowd will be pumped. What I don't want is Steve Weaver to still be in the dugout when it comes to <laughs> 3 p.m. Saturday against Southampton. Did you cross over I'm... with Steve Weaver, Dan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I did. I mean, no disrespect to Steve Weaver, but you don't want him managing a Premier League side uh, for more wow. than zero minutes. I'm glad you clarified that. Hi, Steve, if you're watching. No men, but... Um, yes, it would be quite. It would be quite interesting if Steve Weaver was um, uh, taking the press conference on the Friday and then and, in charge. And then we win against Southampton, so he's got to he's got to be manager for the next game as well. Wins that time, and I'd suddenly Steve Weaver leads us to glory. Can you imagine it? Hey, <laughs> yeah. stranger what, what things have happened. But if uh, I can't think of any, so if people not many, do, then let us know, please. Um, well, we'll look forward to that. We obviously won't do a a, a podcast. Um, Next week, we will do our bonus podcast tomorrow on the Farker legacy, um, and we'll get all your tweets and uh, uh, comments and, and whatnot involved. Um, should we rattle through a couple now, Steve? Did you highlight any, or shall I have a flick through? Um, I've got one specifically uh, for Dan, um, mm. and I love it because it's quite it is specific. Uh, question for Dan <laughs> Would he rather Chris Hutton comes back with his boring football, we stay up, and Ipswich get promoted? Or we get Ralph Harsenhuttle, we go down, and Ipswich go to League Two. That was from Matt Gregory at eight fifty. Wow, there's a lot of specific. Clauses. There are a lot of clauses in that, aren't there? <laughs> so we keep Hewton but stay up. Yeah, uh, but if we don't get Hewton, Ipswich go down. No, Ipswich get promoted. If we don't get Hewton. No, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, if we don't get Hewton, they go down. If we okay. do get, I'm Hewton, just going to give the straight answer of I don't want Hewton, whatever the circumstances. <laughs> Unless it's winning the Premier League, then maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll step back. <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, let me know any more ones, Steve. I've got a couple. Uh, Simon Hardwick says, um, "Get Delia a tracksuit." <laughs> so I think someone wants Delia in the dugout. I mean, in fairness, that would be fun. <laughs> Just yeah. to see. I mean, Neil Adams has done it, and he's sort of nearly on the board, isn't he? So wow! Are you so... likening Delia Smith to Neil in the dugout <laughs> no, to, Neil, to Neil Adams, like half season <laughs> rain. No, it's just like I think anybody, you know, like just whatever job you want to do, you could just be the manager as well, right? Just okay, if they're taking it in turns for managers for for the rest of the season, why not give Delia? Well, <laughs> yeah. if, it, if, if it genuinely does <laughs> come down to City, <laughs> if it genuinely comes down to three hundred people's jobs, they might as well just rotate the jobs. You know, give them all. All ago let's let's get sam jeffrey in there and then get michael bailey in there well oh. as it, as people have seen on social i had my interview this morning uh went really well <laughs> so uh, we'll see how we get on um philip roper I th- the name he mentioned was darren farley i mean do you mean that philip he should do that in his as daniel farker would, would he would he you know step in and do his daniel farker impression is that is that what i guess have I, I got mean, the right person? Yeah. Darren Farley's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, just employ him, and then we can have that rolling manager thing. Every different <laughs> yeah, project, exactly. every different impression. There point. we go. Easy. It's gonna be a lot of Brendan Rodgers, isn't it? A lot of Harry Redknapp, <laughs> <laughs> and he has to then manage the team in that style. I like that idea. Um, Mr. Radio Floyd says Mick McCarthy. He is at work at the moment, so Premier League experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw uh, quite a few people on well, a few people on Twitter suggesting Emma Hayes. Yeah, mm. which would be yeah, it cool. would be really interesting, wouldn't it? I'd really love that as well. That'd be fantastic. 
Um, any other messages that you'd spotted, Steve, or shall we end up? Uh, um, we end we've up? had absolutely loads. So yeah, um, loads, yeah. thank yeah. you so, for everyone you know, watching. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry that we didn't Unless really do it all justice, but um, hey, we'll we'll fill them next time, right? Yes. Um, yeah, tomorrow. In fact, I guess. Uh, thank you so many. We'll we'll go through them properly, and, and we'll do well. We'll do our bumper pod on Daniel Farker tomorrow. Um, in terms of his legacy, because I'm really conscious that we don't just sound like we're going to just do it all again and repeat ourselves. Um, so we'll see. But you know, what's life if you don't try things? Hey. Uh, well, in that case, uh, I'm going to say that that is time for the 86th edition of On the Ball, the Norwich City podcast. That will say goodbye to the Daniel Farker era. Uh, in 24 hours time so please keep an eye out uh, if you're yet to do so please make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice uh, the pod is available free for everyone on their usual player and we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels just search michael bailey the athletic norwich city and your preferred social platform and then hopefully it will show up uh, ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, I have had a few recently, so um, they're in the queue. <laughs> then uh, you can send me a direct message on Twitter, which is at Michael J Bailey. Uh, a big thank you to our guests tonight, Steve. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, pleasure, Michael. I very much did. Thank you. What a superstar. Uh, Dan, thank you as always. Thanks, Michael. Always a pleasure. And Ryan, uh, lovely to have you on for your debut. Uh, are you happy with it? <sighs> Six out of ten. <laughs> solid, solid midfield performance. You should be. You should be happy with it. Thank you so much for coming on. And will you do it again? Absolutely. Thank you very much. That's all I need to hear, top man. Well, we'll be back in a fortnight with loads more Canaries capers and I guess a new head coach in another On The Ball Norwich City podcast. Until then... Never mind the danger. And we're clear. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, I was almost <laughs> going to do that. Um, Steve, oh, sad, isn't it? Uh, Steve, Dan, uh, uh, Ryan, I'm so tired. Uh, all you tricksters <laughs> out there, welcome. Welcome to Wits End. If any of you have stumbled across this for the first time um, or are wondering what on earth, why are you still talking? It's already gone on so long. Well, uh, the pod hasn't ended. It is... Um, Wits End, which uh, you'll find out why and all the explanations on On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th, 2020. It's all explained there. You can email this bonus part of the podcast as well directly with an email to Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, Twitterkers at iCloud.com or use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't explain what it refers to because this is a secret club and only those who discover it are part of it, which is all you guys and girls out there who are listening now. Um Guys, this is the first wits end without Daniel Farker as Norwich City manager. I mean, I, that has surely got 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 to get you right here. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's played oh. a major part in wits end though, has he? Like, you know, I, I don't, I would don't say... ruin it, Steve. Just just bask in it. Oh. It's it's awful. Just. I mean, uh, in fairness, Emmy <laughs> Buendia had actually had a section of this named after him, didn't he? So maybe that departure was more affecting. <laughs> To look to look for a bonus now, though, maybe we could get Daniel Farker on the podcast. 
Oh, yeah. You've got the connection, surely, Michael. Could you imagine that? I am... Um... Well, oh, I'll work on so it. so awkward, I'll, wouldn't it? I'll, I'll work on it. Why would it be awkward? Oh, I'm sure you do a stellar job, Michael, but, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's a former Premier League manager we're talking to. We'll be, I'll, I'll put a suit on if I'm invited. <laughs> Apart well, I don't know. On. You keep going on about how awkward it's going to be, so um, maybe not. Um, well, well, and yeah. also, let's hope he hasn't listened to any of the previous ones, because uh, yeah, especially not last week. Hey, well, we can watch this one because he can watch, he can listen to this one because you know you basically said how great he was against Brentford. So you know it's uh, it's uh, that's a that's a thing. Um, that is definitely a thing. Uh, so it's been quite a busy uh, weekend. So I am I have not really updated the Zodiac Whip Red, um, but that's okay because it's all stored, so we can do it next week. No problem whatsoever. Um, there is good news though isn't there Steve as a result of the weekend we're opening up the vault Michael the <laughs> space vault for I think I'm mixed my metaphors but yeah the space puns are a, are a thing now so, sorry this is why I don't present <laughs> yes you have also you, read, you, you were so disheartened with the idea of having a, a, a zodiac full of puns that you wanted also space puns yeah yeah I think we should open it up I said wasn't allowed until Norwich won. I only took them two games after that, so they must have been equally desperate to get the space puns open. Mm. Um, all I'll add here is that um, the other week when you suggested this idea, Chris Barton got in touch and said, uh, surely it needs to be named um, Bailey's Comet. Though that doesn't really work as a whole space thing, does it? But oh, that no, is a good that's pun. Great. That's a comet's that's, a space-based object. Oh, that, that. Yeah, set the bar high. That's so good that Dan's left the bar. We'll see if he rejoins for the end of the which then. Um, I think I'd written it down as 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 a as as a name for the as a name for, like we've got Zodiac Whitbread. Um, yeah. That that yeah. Bailey's comet, but I don't know if that works really, does yeah, it? Yeah. Dan's back. Hello, Dan. Dan got so excited at that he just, he just went. <laughs> good to see I, you back. Yeah, we're still talking about Bailey's Comet, Dan. Um, I think that's a great name for it. And mm. um, we have already had Josh in the comments say uh, Mil- Milky Way Mackay. Milky Way. Milky Way Mackay. I think I'll take that. I think I'll take that. Although it is dismantling your idea that the Zodiac Whitbread was a stretch. But that's okay. <laughs> um, so that's all grand. Now, um, we've got a special, haven't we, for this wit's end. Ryan, you're here. Do you want to just tell yes. us what this special is? Absolutely. So I thought I'd put together a little game for everyone. It is the five second challenge. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. So oh. I've got a, ty- a timer on my phone Excellent. and I'm going to set it for five seconds. And you each have five seconds to answer a question. They're going to be about four or five questions each, but they're going to come. The answers are going to have to come in threes. So I've started off with nice, easy ones and we're going to get progressively harder as it goes on so it's basically so for you example, name, you, yeah go, go so I, I will say i will say to you for example name three previous norris city managers you have five seconds to name three previous norris city managers well, I, I hope um, that's one of the questions <laughs> no, no i don't think my brain's going to cope with like three 
at the moment. No, no, no. So they, they are, yeah. I will say they are Norwich City related, so don't you worry. Okay. And they start off as sort of quizzical and then they get whimsical as it goes on because okay. it's weird end, guys. It's all about fun. <laughs> I, love, so. I love Ryan. I love Ryan. This is brilliant. Okay, wow. well, let's crack on. Let's crack on. So, we, 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 who, we've uh, on so. Yes. Yes, sorry. Yes. Uh, you know what? Let's start with Mr. Bailey. Go on. You're the most right. tired, so it makes sense that you make a fool yeah. of yourself first. Thank Easy yeah, question. Michael Bailey, you have five seconds to name three current Norwich City first team centre backs. Go. Ben Gibson, Ben Gibson, Grant Hanley, Andrew Mabamadeli. Yes, well done. Easy, easy, guys. Mm. Oh, boy, we're having myself. Fun. I'm happy for the go. The long, long name mm. as well, just to show off. Mm. Oh, I will <laughs> say as well because yeah. because of names like Omabamadeli, I will happily just take surnames or or you know nicknames just to. You get, you get bonus able, points. Well, not nicknames. Yeah, Dan, if you want to add those in, be my guest, but I won't be keeping track of them. <laughs> Go on then, who's going? Who's going? Next? Go on, Mr. Brigham. You have five seconds to name three current Norwich City first team centre midfielders. Ready and go. Uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> this has really got to me already now. Um, oh, Dan, Dan, it's done. Oh. It's done. No, it's done. It's done. <laughs> This it's is why done. I can never wow. be on anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, and this is these are the easy questions, Steve. Easy one. Well, I'm name now. name three of Norris City's first team summer signings and go. Christos Scholes, Melot Rashica, Angus Gunn. Yes, I'll is give you that. Team? Well done. Well done, Steve. Yes, yeah. No comment, so okay. to clarify, did I get zero there? Did I? I don't you got, got nothing. It is one one zero. I'm afraid, sir. I think you had your arms in the air just as the time ran out. I think. <laughs> you know what, if I put it in stopwatch, okay. it looks better on camera, doesn't it? Right. Next one. Let's start with go, on, Michael. We'll go for you. I need okay. you to name three Norwich City players to have been booked in the Premier League this season, and uh, go. Max Aaron's Grant Hanley and Brandon Williams. Yes, well done. Oh, <laughs> Tell me, I mean, I'm very likely. Well, to yeah, no, 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 no. I would go through the other answers, but there are more than I thought. <laughs> Mr. Brigham, come on, Dan. Mr. Come on, Dan. You've you've got it's, you've got a name. It make more it's sense a... to kind of just relegate the person in by round. So I'm just out to this already. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's my no. game, my rules. Let's do this. You've got five seconds to name three players to have featured in 10 or more Premier League games this season. You ready? And go. Timu Puki, Tim Krull, Grant Hanley. Yes, well done. Ah, Very good. Points on the board for Mr Brigham. Much more calm and collective. I realise I've given Steve the easy questions and he is Mr Numbers. so He'll know all the answers and the stats and everything. So, uh, Steve, name three... Hard to use his spreadsheet in in five seconds. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, name three of Norwich City's goal scorers in all competitions this season and go. Timmy Puki, Matthias Norman and Christoph Scholles again. Yes, well done. Very good. Nice. Okay, things are going to get this. This next round is all about ages. So, okay, Michael, name three academy products in Norwich's first team squad. Go, Um, Max Aaron's Andrew Amadelli Adamida. Yeah, there we go. You could have also had Angus Gunn and Todd Cantwell. I thought was a nice little loophole. If you'd given me six seconds, I might have done it. (laughs) Dan, name three first-team players 
who are not academy graduates who are 21 years old or younger Ooh. and <laughs> go uh chris Ocholis is back he's 22 isn't he Ah, oh, we're done we're done we're done you could have also had barley mumba brandon williams billy gilmore or josh Sargent. No. Quebec, Quebec was right, wasn't it? Was Quebec right? No, no, no. Twenty-two. Oh. Is he twenty-two? Yeah. Is he just turned Josh, twenty-two? Josh Sargent, I think twenty-one. So. Yes, twenty-one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Plays like a thirty-one-year-old. Oh, right. Or I will say nothing. Uh, Steve, I need you to name three first-team players aged twenty-nine or over. Go. Oof. Tammy Pookie, Tim Krull, and Michael McGovern. Can I have that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, do we give him that? Do we give him that? It's 5.3. Yeah. Are you giving that? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Go on. We'll give it. It'll be good. It'll be good. Don't get too officious, Ryan. Don't get too officious. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm taking control here. I'm going to, everything's going to go AWOL. Uh, oh, no, can, God. Can, okay. can I just say, can I just say, Kabak is definitely 21. So carry is on. he? Ooh. Okay, you know what, Dan, you get the point. Dan, you get the point. Yeah, well you get the point for that. Well, Yay! Hang on, he only named two. No, he named three, didn't he? Oh, oh it's gone one. wrong already. It's, it's gone wrong. Point, Look, just, guys, just, listen. I'm just a pedant. That's all. I'm just as long as we're having fun. Oh, we definitely are. are. We? <laughs> 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 right? Is it? Are we, are we last? Are we last round? Are we last round, or is it Steve's go? We, last round. You know what? Let's go straight to the whimsical question. Because think why I, not? I, I've even prepared some puns as well, and I haven't even got a chance to use those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, right. This is the whimsical ones. Uh, Michael, name three things you may buy on a match day. Go. Program, hot dog, and. Um, no, I'm oh, he's done. He's out of time. He's I was out of trying time. to be funny, and I couldn't actually be funny. I was trying to say, like, pride, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it out. A goal. A goal is what I should have said. Buy a goal. Pride would have got such a big laugh as well. It's a real shame. It didn't happen. I just, my brain, folks, just, my, just seized up. Dan Brigham, can you please name me three complaints you might hear on Canary Call and go? We don't hoof it. All our players aren't British. And. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep the time of going. This is just fun. Let's oh, no, let's We've got Chris Gorham on tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, awkward. Um, no, it's, it's Steve. Fine. We love them. Steve, name three ways in which Norwich City are ruining the sporting integrity of the Premier League. And go. Uh, they don't care enough. They don't spend enough money. They don't sack enough managers. The players are rubbish. Um, yeah, I'll yeah, give you that. Well, that's place, that's the one place. we did best on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one we did best on all afternoon. Holy so many. Oh wow. dear. Well, oh, that was fun, guys. I'm glad. Oh, round of applause for Ryan. I can't believe. I'm going to clap myself. For the best produced segment this podcast has ever seen. Oh, and, um, <laughs> thank you, guys. I think we'll Can... we'll we're going to do that again. Can so I just do you say? Want to Oh, Can I just say, when I got asked for the three central midfielders, my first thought was Alex Tetty. That's how much I was panicking. <laughs> oh, which would throw you, wouldn't you? Your brain Alex would go, oh, he's Alex not here. Oh, that's really sad. Oh, I miss him. And that would be your five seconds, wouldn't it? And before you know it, you haven't even thought about Kenny McLean. And go, or, or Mario. Oh, yeah, Kenny McLean. Oh, yeah. Mario Frankie. <laughs> um, Dan, do you want to read out a pun or two? Because I feel like you've come oh, yeah. with puns. Because last came... time I was caught short with this and came up with Chris Capragorum off, off the cuff, which I was very pleased with. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd come listed with uh, Plutoni Cotty. 
Pluto. Ooh. Okay, yes, we're on right. space one. Yes, right, yes space, space yep. one. Uh, okay. Alien Culver House, also applicable to other oh, Ian's. Oh, that's really good. Yep. Yeah. Martian Peters, Ian Peters. Martian, also space yes. related. Ma- Martin yeah. Peters. As in Martin, not Martin Ian Peters. Peters. Yeah, you know, yeah. just the, the World Cup winner. Um, <laughs> it's just you said Ian. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, didn't I? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Peters. <laughs> Ryan's quiz has really thrown me. Um, stick with me on this one. Um, Nelson Black Hole of Era. Black Hole. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that. I like that. Oh, that's good, my favourite. That is my favourite. Where's, where's Houlihan Solo? Star Wars. Okay. okay. Yep. Yep. And then the final, uh, <laughs> what I think is a fitting tribute to our just departed manager in a galaxy farker, farker away. Which is oh, also Star Wars related. Oh, very good. Very wow. good. Any, any re- redemption with those? Oh, that's yeah. very good. Yeah. More than yeah. I more feel than better enough. about myself. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I am now thinking that you probably would have been better off saying Sebastian Solo. Oh, now so, you're criticising my pun. That's the end of the total. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we can have more than one Han Solo reference. That is the beauty is of the space puns. Of, what is it? <laughs> Bailey's Comet. Bailey's, Bailey's Comet. Bailey's Comet. Um, Bailey's and Comet. we've got. Simmy Moon Jackson in the comments as well. So. <laughs> Is that the only one? <laughs> I've got to write all these down, haven't I? I've got one. I've got one. Michael yes, right. Sat- Saturna. Saturna. Yes. Michael Saturna. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think uh, I think Zoe might have said that one a couple of weeks ago. I think Zoe has said that. But, hey, you know, in fairness, whoa. you wouldn't well, have heard that true. and you've said it. So it means it gets a double vote, really. And um, double votes are allowed in Bailey's Comet. That's the, another of the beauties of Bailey's Comet. That's just... definitely one of the rules. Um, I think it's time to put this out of its misery. Um, a bit like Daniel Farkas. Uranusaur Martin? Hey, what was that? What? Uranusaur Martin? It almost needs to be censored, that one. <laughs> this, whole, uh, this whole project of doing live videos worked, providing I didn't have to do much editing to the audio, and I'm now, I'm now fearing how are we going to end this podcast. But let's just say thank you so much. Um, I, I have no more words. Um, get in your Bailey's Comet submissions, your Zodiac Whitbread submissions. I'm pretty sure there's some star signs we haven't got any for yet. Um, also, I, I love to hear your um, stories about you missing an Norris City game or a goal or a moment because you got caught short or had to go somewhere, all those sort of things. We had some crackers a few weeks ago. Does anyone have Kenny other business? Um, just to say that someone, uh, I think it was Spoon Meat, said in the comment, comments that uh, glantophobia is a, a kissing disease. So that's, that might be how you oh, don't come back. Then how did your dad makes... get it, Steve? If he did it all oh, the let's, not... <laughs> <laughs> let's not. You might be listening. I'm fine editing this, Michael. <laughs> I mean, I've got... He likes fire I've got, There's nothing. <laughs> I have nothing left. I, I just need to go to bed. Um, it will make the edit because I'm not editing it. Um, well, I th- if that doesn't sign us off in fitting style, I, I don't know what does. So um, it le- leads me to once again say thank you guys for a wonderful podcast. It's been probably the, the best night of my post Farker existence. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll leave you to say goodbye on three, if that's okay, collectively. So go for it. Uh, one, two, three. Bye. Bye, Michael. Bye. There they go. I'm going to mute them all. And with that, they were gone. 
and it's just me. Uh, remember, you can get in touch with Witsend directly by sending us uh, an email to twitterkers at iCloud.com or anything with the hashtag twitterkers on Twitter. But that is it for this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll see you in 24 hours to do another one. Why not? Um, so you can catch that on the audio podcast feed and we'll also do it live on uh, all of the channels. So keep an eye out. Um, but until next time, that's a rope. <laughs>